Really cool conversation today with JP Longiel. He is the head golf professional at Orange Lake Resort uh, in Kissimmee, Florida. Uh, works for Brown Golf. He's sort of the fixer guy. He gets into some of the Brown Golf facilities that need a little TLC, and he's a problem solver. Probably a testament to his childhood. His upbringing was in a tough neighborhood outside Newark, New Jersey, near New York City. We talk in this episode about his graffiti artist background. So he used to sneak out in the middle of the night and go paint railway cars and things like that. And uh, super fascinating, really cool guy. And I uh, hope you enjoy this conversation. There's a little, uh, a little connection with golf in terms of artistry and graffiti art. So hope you like it, guys. This is the Golf Essentials Podcast with Casey Borg. artists like trying to create something different and that and that spoke to me in that sense just just the way golf does i mean golf's the same way like being on the golf course being an artist is is what makes guys like rory and brooks and the guys that are tiger in his heyday and jack and arnie all the way back to you know byron nelson and sam sneed that they could paint their ball right like and to me that's their signature yeah yeah Yeah. like they gotta hit a low fade under a tree you have to be able to in my mind it's like you take a paintbrush and you paint that structure of the ball, right? Yeah. How it flies, and that to me always, always made sense. You it's know, like a streetcar sitting out there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, you're, and like the ball flight is like the stroke, right? And you're yeah, trying to like yeah. figure out I how to that. hit it, like how to hit that ball like in a certain manner. Yeah. We we just had lunch together. Um, I'm fascinated with your background because it's not a traditional golf background. Like, you grew up in a in a tough neighborhood up in New Jersey. You got into graffiti and street art and went in all kinds of different directions like yeah. tell me that story man i mean it's it's not it's not a real long story it's <laughs> it's it's kind of one of those things where my my my, my father's mother was very into into artsy stuff and the you know in the in actual like furniture making to little trinket stuff she was a pretty good woodworker not so much a painter per se but more more antique kind of stuff um arts and crafts i guess you could say my mother, on the other side, she was an elementary art school teacher for 35 years or so, and it kind of just led itself to me being interested in art. And you know, during that time in the early 80s, uh, graffiti was kind of one of those things that was kind of starting to take off a little bit in New York. And living close to New York, I got to see a lot of the trains, yeah. side of the buildings, and like the colors, and all that like kind of spoke to me a little bit. And being able to like hide a message in your in your art was kind of cool. And you know, I picked up a spray can for the first time when I was man I don't know five six seven years old and <laughs> and it, it like it kind of just kind of felt different than a paintbrush or a pencil you know you, yeah up until that point you've only used you know like a pen or a pencil to kind of draw and like create something somewhat two-dimensional on a piece of paper you know and, and with graffiti you know the way the bricks were and the way the train cars were and like the different textures of the actual medium that you're painting on was was interesting and you could, you could create like these really cool words and sayings and even just even like the little you know little characters that like you made were like something out of your mind that you like created it wasn't something that you know even though my mom was an art teacher she was much more progressive in the sense of that she wanted kids to be creative and like make something out of their mind not like take a picture and make it a painting or something like she had I remember her um, lesson plans were very much like make something that is just out of your mind you know And, and it and it spoke to me a little bit in that sense and you know, growing up with, with art and music in my household and my mom and my dad and my mother was a photographer and at the time um, 
right before I was born, they were both working in the camera shop. My mother went on to get her master's in photography and art, and my father was very much in the in the photography and art. That just it was kind of uh, just kind of a gateway into seeing a different side of art. Yeah. Not just not just black and white oil or not just you know photography, which is funny because I'm actually a black and white painter now. So it's like right. it, it kind of went full circle for me. But in the beginning, you know, it was very much just being able to, to express my myself uh, in more of a cryptic kind of way that wasn't just a paintbrush and a canvas. How did that go down? Like you guys wake up in the middle of the night and sneak into the city? I mean, you got to be secretive about it. I mean, I mean you kinda. can't just go spray paint buildings, right? No, no. You know? it, it started kind of at the, like when I was young, before I would like learn how to take the train and stuff like that, we, we would go to the back of... Uh, you know, like ShopRite or, or whatever, A&P, and they had always had like a dumpster there, you know what I mean? And it was always kind of off to the side. And you know, we'd do like little something small, you know, yeah. like two by two or something like that. And maybe just a letter or like your tag, like something that like, you know, I did my full name, but you couldn't really read it, but it was very small and you could do it like JP, right? JPL, it's kind of. The community, the, the graffiti community could sort of recognize Sure, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. kind of like a signature, right? Yeah, yeah. But you know, no one else, like the police would know who you were, <laughs> right? Yeah, Which was always, yeah. the, well, always the key, you right, know? Like you, right, right. You couldn't, you couldn't allow like the people that could potentially get you in some trouble. But if they figured know. it out, they could lead right, back yeah, to a whole like, bunch oh, of Oh, he lives at do. this place. Okay, it's kind of, <laughs> yeah. kind of one of those things. But yeah, it was, it was kind of on a small scale at first, you know, it was, we, we would do it on paper, like when we were young, young. And there was there was a couple of guys that, uh, you know, were in art class, like when you were in first grade, second grade, that kind of had the same idea. And I was with my mom at the time I took, I was in her class. So it was kind of, I was friends with, you know, everyone. I didn't live there, unfortunately, but I was friends with the kids from there because we lived in another town. But I went to school where my mom taught. So uh, I would have to like get a ride over their houses and then just have a sleepover, you know, and then right. late at night we'd, you know, walk down to the shop right or A&P and kind of, you know, and, and kind of do something, you know, and it necessarily never it had to be like anything specific, you know, later on, once we, once I got older and, you know, we take the train in the city and, you know, kind of try to find a train car or like a side of a building that was like a little bit, you know, a little bit dark and not lit so much or it wasn't running that night, um, then we'd have stuff planned out or we'd do drawings prior and then, you know, we'd go to this, this place and, you know, do the whole thing where like three or four guys were working on the same piece um, of our, you know, huge train cars. We did a few times that took us two or three nights with like three wow. or four guys just, you know, covering the whole thing. Just with just with something that we designed that we thought was cool. Like whatever, whatever word we thought was cool that day or it really had no meaning. You know, it wasn't kind of, we weren't trying to relay a message uh, at that point. You know, we were right. just kind of having fun creating something just off the tops of our heads. Later on, you know, we, we did a lot of stuff that like meant something to somebody, you know, like we did some political stuff here and there. Push some sort of message. Yeah, or you know, like feeling or some something. kind of group or feeling or something that like we, you know, that we thought was important. Nothing, yeah. nothing earth shattering that we were, you know, we right, weren't right. doing anything that would change society. But if we could, you know, I always looked at art at some point where if you could change one person's view of like what it looked like. You know, like Jackson Pollock was an artist who, you know, he, he threw paint at a canvas, but it changed the way people looked at art. You know, you could look back to Picasso and Salvador Dali and so many, so many super famous artists that were famous because they did something for the first time, mm -hmm. which was, which is the concept of doing something that no one's ever done before 
is an interesting concept. It, it changes your perspective on the entire way you think about things just by looking at something. And that's kind of what motivated us to, to create something that someone would look at and go, wow, that's, that's so different. I've never seen that before. And yeah. that, that's kind of the way you know, we got into it. Not like it had an agenda in any type of religious or politics or anything like that. Pure creative. Just pure creative. Yeah. You know, and just pure, pure creative in the sense that we wanted someone to see it and go, wow. And maybe they remember yeah. down the line. And maybe they, maybe at some point they painted their house a color they saw that they'd never seen before. You know, in the best sense, right? And now looking back at it, that was kind of what we had in mind. Yeah. Uh, at the time, uh, you know, myself personally, I was just kind of thinking of just making something that didn't exist and being able to change somebody's perspective on it then. You know, at the, at the time then, it was changing the perspective on graffiti. Like right. we wanted right. to make it, and I wanted to make it graffiti something- Graffiti itself. Yeah, like just like the way tattoos are, yeah. right? Like yeah. people today see tattoos as pretty cool, right? Like people like them, people like the art behind them. But you know, 20 years ago, they were this detriment mm -hmm. to society, whereas graffiti was the same way. Yep. Nowadays, people are paying graffiti artists- Banksy. Unbelievable, right? <laughs> like, you know, John Bourne's another Crazy. guy on Instagram. Yeah. He does graffiti all over famous people's stuff. Like, yeah. Gets paid a ton of money to do it back then. I mean, he started the same way. You know, Keith Haring was a graffiti artist in New York that it, he he was so persecuted against when he was younger. But when he got older, he became this guy that if you've ever seen his art, you'd be like, wow, I've seen that it's so like many iconic. other places. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, yeah, it's just iconic. Norman Rockwell is the same way. He was doing yeah. graffiti in the sense he was doing it theoretically illegal on the side of buildings like to promote something but then became someone who promoted massive like uh, enterprises for yeah. his artwork and that you know that changed a lot of the stuff and and to me it was simply just to change perspective about you know it wasn't this like gang related you know torturous thing that people are going to get hurt over it was simply yeah. artists like trying to create something different you ever run into any any trouble out there territorial stuff i know like guys would get pretty territorial and you know if you're you're, um, you're painting on top of other people's art sure. or stuff like that or do you ever you ever run into any any problems out there i personally know i I, know. I was i was i was more of uh, i was more of the artist side of it i never painted over anybody's stuff yeah like i thought it was personally i i, I wouldn't want anyone to paint over my stuff i understood why they wouldn't either, right? And there, there's so much land to go around that yeah. I never. However, with that being said, yeah, I mean, for sure, there was definitely, there was definitely, people getting annoyed that like you were, on like their, you know, in their section their of the world. Right? Is there like, a code? Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, or, I, I mean, know. if the stuff is good, sure. Yeah, that you, I, you, out of respect, you're not going to paint over it. I right? think that's kind of the sense, right? Like, okay. I think, I think the idea was is like, hey, this is good. Like, I like this, you know? And if I'm gonna look at, if I'm gonna try to change it, like where I want people to see artwork and change them, I can't then look at someone else's artwork and be like, oh, that's trash. Look, I don't like Jackson Pollock, right? I think his artwork is stupid and silly to me, yeah. right? However, I do understand its place because it does, it does provoke the, the concept of like, wow, that's different. I've never seen that before. No one's ever taken paint and thrown it out of canvas before. Well, he did it first and it changed everything. Modern art, right? It's all the yeah, same. Yeah. Graffiti is one of those things where, yeah, there was a code, a lot of people broke it, a lot of people got hurt because of it. But at the end of the day, like we were all trying to do the same thing. Hey guys, I'm all about bringing value. So shoot me all of the questions that you have. Cbork at pga.com. If you like the stuff, be sure to share it 
and subscribe on whatever channels you're watching it on. Apple Podcasts, Google Casts, any of those channels. You should be able to subscribe easily so you get every episode. Thanks, guys.